Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. This is segment two of Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR with Lou Varro from USA Hockey. Yeah, throwing it out. So I said, I'm, I'm, after work, I was going to go anyway with my boss and two other workers. We're going to go to Aqueduct. Maybe I'll win. So I, uh, I, 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 I had to mail it. Months later, I did go to Aqueduct and I did win. So there's no problem. I really lived large that night. I had real for dinner. Now you had, so, yeah, uh, now, you, now you have the 375 to mail your oh, letter. Yeah, yeah. I won $12. And uh, so I was in great shape. I was, <laughs> I was a lark. So anyway, months later, I got a response. I never got mail, just bills, you know? Mm-hmm. And I go to my mailbox, then to my apartment on the second floor, and I'm saying to myself, it was the return address was in Russian Cyrillic writing. I couldn't read it then. Yeah. I learned how to, but mm-hmm. I since, but I, I didn't know what it meant. I even remember turning the envelope the other way. Maybe it would <laughs> be clear. So um, it was in English, it was typed, it was. I remember, and I knew the reason why, because it happened uh, to my sister. Uh, she had a t- only one that ever had a typewriter in our family, and the same thing happened. You, the ribbons, if you, you sometimes you run out. Yep. In those days, it kids started, out there, if you know what a ribbon is on a on a, on a typewriter, yeah, it was a it, big process. It started, <laughs> it started in black, then it went to red, green, mm-hmm. blue. I knew they were they didn't have money. I knew yes. they were like me, you know, suffering or just getting by. I liked it. I liked that. You know, they weren't ashamed to mail it, mm-hmm. even that way. It wasn't a professional letter, but it was in English, broken English. It was from Anatoly. And I remember the first sentence he said, I want to first, I want to thank you so very much uh, for writing and for complimenting my team for winning the championship. But we Russians know when in hockey, when Canadian, he called me a Canadian, when Canadians compliment you in hockey, they're stealing from you. <laughs> they want you to be, go easy next time. <laughs> Something like that, you know, and he never changed. That was his attitude. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I met him, he said, so you've arrived and uh, you're here to steal from us. <laughs> And I looked at him. I said, "Absolutely." <laughs> and so how did that? How did that all come about? I mean, you know, well, this is just like so the, anyway, it's he, like uh, 1972. The Summit Series is going to happen, and yeah. you go there the summer of '72. I mean, this is when the relationship between the United States and the Soviet Union was not on the best of terms as far no. as political goes. I mean, how did you get clearance to go? How did you? All, I mean, all those things. First of all, I didn't have money. I had to borrow it from Walter Yatchik. I remember I borrowed, I think, $350. And that got me to there and back. I had no idea what I was in for or what I was doing. But if I'm going to coach, I wanted... And in that letter I had wrote to him, I said, I want to be able to teach my players, kids' team. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to teach them to play better and... Um, Amo Francis had opened up the ranger. He gave me a card. I can come to every ranger practice. I learned a lot from Amo, especially mm-hmm. discipline, uh, 
working smart and working hard, he was great to me. Gave me that access. And it was very helpful. Fred Shiro was very helpful to me also. Uh, we became friends in Russia. I met him in Russia. And anyway, with, with, with Tarasov, I don't remember the dates, all the dates exactly, but I remember him saying to me, you know, you Canadians amaze me. You have such great players. So many, I said, I'm not Canadian. I'm American. <laughs> Nothing against Canadians, but I'm not Canadian. I'm, I'm American. He, you know what his response was? That's even worse. <laughs> and, and I said to him, uh, he said, what's your main purpose? Because he sent me an invitation and told me to get a visa and let him know all by writing. I had a plan way in advance. Because oh, it could, I couldn't even time. imagine the paperwork there to get no there. There were no emails, phones. You couldn't call. Right? You had to make an appointment. If you called the Soviet Union in those days, you had a, a week before you had to make an appointment at a specific time to speak to somebody. It was very complicated. And and I, I was so um, naive not to be nervous about it. I, I wasn't nervous in a way. So I went over. First impression, I got to the airport. It was a dreary day. It was raining. And my memory of it is still to this day. It's like looking at a 1925, 1930 black and white movie. It was like very dark and dank, very, very depressing. Very, everybody was dressed gray, Same. black. There was no color. There was no restaurants open. There were no, there was no nothing. It was, and this is their number one city. It was very desolate. However, having said that, within a few days, there was somebody there to greet me. It within a few days, I got to my feet. I can judge people pretty good coming from New York. That's one of the probably good qualities I have. I can read people and I know if they're phony or I can just tell almost hundred percent. And the feeling I got was genuine. They were just decent people. They didn't want to hurt me. They didn't have much to offer, but the smile was, if you get a smile, it meant something. And little by little, it got better and better. And the people were very, um, very, very nice. Guarded, but nice. How, how long and, were you there? And, you know, I, did you just talk days. hockey all the time or, you know, just yeah. was it more? No, he, he said to me, he had a meeting. He wore his military uniform. He had an interpreter, some cookies and tea. And I had to come to his desk. He told me I could stay and This is the room I'll be staying in now. They'll show me. And he said, tell me. So you came to steal. Yes. Uh, what am I going to say? <laughs> yes, to learn. To learn and to steal. Yes. Who sent you? I said, me. Nobody. I coach kids. And I, I, I never thought of being a coach. But if I'm going to be a coach, I want to be a good coach. I want to make a difference. He liked that a lot. He liked it. Then he said to me, look, Lou, let me give you advice. At one point, I wanted to go to Canada to study the Canadians right after all the war. And, and I went to the head of the Institute of Physical 
sport and culture in Moscow, where I was learning coaching theories and all this. And he said, uh, my instructor said to me, Anatoly, I'll approve it. But why do you want to go to Canada and copy? Why not stay here? Save the money, stay here, and come up with something of your own. We have a unique society. It's not like Canada's. And develop a style of hockey unique to Soviets. We played bandy and soccer, football. We have an idea of tactics. Let's develop all the skills and see what we can do. See, they have, they don't call hockey ice hockey. They call it ice hockey with a puck. Mm -hmm. They call bandy hockey with a ball. Hockey with a puck, hockey with a ball. That's why you see the way they have played because what a bandy feel is is a, a frozen soccer field with the same number of players. Yeah. And every, so passing and skating and all that comes natural. They had a background. And anyway, he, 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 he said, I did that. And he told me, you can borrow from other uh, schools of hockey, but don't copy. So he looked at me. He said, let me tell you, Luke, don't ever copy. I mean, I can't stop you from copying, but don't. You can steal some ideas and some principles, but don't copy it. I'll tell you why. There's only one Mona Lisa. Everything else is a copy, and none of them are as good as the original. If you want to be able to compete with the Soviet Union someday, he forgot I was just a youth coach, kids coach. You know, he, he, <laughs> he, was, he was thinking way ahead for you. Yeah. Little did he know that it would come back to haunt them. And, <laughs> and, and, and I said to him, uh, I understand. I understand. I understand what you're saying. He said, steal. And also, as a coach, you'll lose prestige. Your players will know you took it from another coach. I get ideas from Canada, Sweden, Czech, Czechoslovakia at the time, other coaches in the Soviet Union. But I change it a little bit to fit my needs. And I don't want the players to think that I had to steal from somebody else that I wasn't wise enough to come up with something of my own. That was a great lesson I got. And um, almost every way they taught was opposite of Canada and the USA. Things they did, just opposite. All your life you hear two hands on the stick, head up, said, yeah. You have your head, you can have your head down, but your eyes have to be up. You have to know who's in front of you, feel it, who's behind you, each side. And you have to see in the, I, he told me this in the rink, in one section, your wife, in another section, your girlfriend. <laughs> All at once, he said. <laughs> Without comparing. <laughs> That's a great line. And, and, and he said, uh, you can help hockey in your country eventually. Because all my years coaching, nobody's asked to come and what are your secrets? And he said, Blue, there are no secrets. He said, remember this old Russian saying, today's secret is tomorrow's common knowledge. 
very philosophical, very, philosoph uh, very philosophical oh, individual. Extremely intelligent guy. He had a lot of, lot of sayings, and he said, "You know, we play a certain way. People marvel at our passing and receiving. It's two parts. Don't ever just say, oh, they pass well. Pass and receive. If you don't receive, then the pass is worthless. And the pass should have purpose, not just pass the pass. Should be to improve the attack." Uh, you know, against mm -hmm. the opponent. And uh, so many, I remember really every single word this man ever said. And I knew him well and spent months and months and months with him over 20 something year period. Um, so that was, uh, then he, oh, so I said, okay, here's what I need. Can you give me six drills, defense to offense, offense to defense? And he looked at me, he said, well, of course I can. I said, okay, I'll be happy if you do that. <laughs> said, Don't you want to watch us, how we train our players and kids and stuff? I said, of course. He said, I'll show you and I'll bring you to the places. Well, dry land training is extremely important to us for many reasons. I said, I'd love to know about it. It was like being in the army again, in a way. I mean, we did in the army a lot of the similar things. Calisthenics and the and the conditioning yeah, yeah, are, are yeah. vital to success. Athleticism, the development of athleticism, and I'll tell you, I don't. I'm not a physiologist, so I don't want to make a fool of myself. But something is wrong. Who ever heard of what's that injury? The oblique. Yeah. Maybe what the hell is? I don't even know what an oblique muscle is. Uh, I never heard of these things before. You know and. Uh, I think we overtrain in a lot of ways. I think we uh, overanalyze everything. It's not fun anymore. To business. To me, it's it's not hours and hours of video, baseball. They took Snell out the other day. Guys pitching yeah, a great game. I know. Casey yeah, Snell. The, the analytics have the analytics have taken away where the Russians. Too much. Yeah. Everything is. I asked them. In those days about video had just been coming and not that meeting, but Film, later yeah, on when yeah, video but, became yeah. I said, What's your feelings on physiologists and uh video, Anatoly? And he he laughed. He said, Don't fight with the physiologists, be polite, listen to them. Sometimes they can give you good information, but most of it's theory mm -hmm. and it's worthless. School book stuff. So take be polite, thank you very much, and then do what you think is right instinctively mm -hmm. and experience wise. And I said, uh, what about video? He said, it's useful. It can be useful, but it can certainly be very overdone. Yeah. You can't take creativity, spontaneity out of hockey players. You must allow these boys to take risks and chances. Video is limiting because you can actually point the especially mistakes out and he said they got to be able to as kids make mistakes they'll learn from their own mistakes and become better but you're not limiting them that way the other way they don't even want to try something because yeah. they're afraid they'll make a mistake and be criticized so he was a, he was a wise man we're talking with Lou Varro from USA Hockey here on Inside the Game brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR why do you think the European and Soviet system has had such success? And here in the United States and in, in Canada and North America, we've had so many different changes. But what do you think? What was like 
takeaways from you over the years that you've noticed about that system and why did it work so well? Well, it's a very complicated uh, response. First of all, let me say, the old Montreal Canadian teams, the Edmonton Oilers teams of their heyday and others, Tampa Bay, uh, other, other teams, many other teams, they were very good. The, the, these players were great. Bobby Hull, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr. Who's better than Bobby Orr? I mean, they were, name. You could, she could change the dynamic of a game with one play. They were great players. Um, great, great players. But I have to say this. It's going to I'll be criticized for it, I'm sure. But some of the Canadian coaches and some of the American coaches 50, 60 years ago were primitive in their approach. They were primitive. The kid could be playing on a hot spring day in the playoffs and beg for water, and the coach would tell him, hey, chew this and throw him a piece of black tape. Mm -hmm. You don't need water. I don't, I don't understand why more people didn't die. You know, yeah. these, were, these, these are ridiculous extremes. What the coach was trying to say is toughen up, buddy. Yeah. Which you need to be tough to play hockey. So it wasn't done on purpose to hurt the player, but you got to know these things. You, some of these things, if you mm -hmm. have people's lives in your hands, um, the training methods were very primitive. Fighting was a big deal. I, I Teresa would be infuriated with that. And he's where I learned the word primitive. He, he said that to me. You people are so primitive in so many of your ways. You think, do you actually think Soviet players are afraid? We lost 50 million people in the great patriotic war defending our motherland. And of course, I did fight with him a lot. And I would say, <laughs> I would say to him, yeah, and 45 million were killed by your leader, Stalin. You know, he would go, he was a, he was a hundred percent communist. Yeah. He would explode at me. We'd get into real battles and which were made up in 1990s. I went over to see him. I stayed at his place. We went out to his villa, not his villa, his uh, dacha. And uh, his wife was in London. And so it was just him. And my friend Yuri was who played for him and coached with me in Italy. Yuri Karmanov, a great, great guy. And we, uh, he translated and that. And when I went into his apartment on Leningradsky Prospect in Moscow, little elevator, I'm, I could hardly fit. <laughs> I don't know how he did. I know he didn't walk to the fifth floor. So we got into his apartment and he was eating soup and he poured each of us a bowl his wife had made and left to heat up. And he said, uh, looked at me and I'll never forget it as long as I live. With, he was older then, with a sad face and tears. He said to me, you were right. You said, and I did, someday our countries would become friends. We're similar in so many ways. We should not be fighting with each other. We should be friends. And, and he had tears coming down his eyes. He said, they fooled me, Lou. They indoctrinated me. I saw crucifix in his house and he's he said there is a god all these years i believed there was not i know there is a god i feel it here and they tricked me and oh he was really disappointed yeah and look uh, look at our country but my grandson is happy and 
He's a smart boy, Alexi, he's alive, good guy. And I keep in touch with him and he said, Alexi tells me everything, explains everything clearly to me and that, but he said, it's so good to see you and Yuri. And we had a great, just a great visit. And I saw he, I went to his funeral in, in Moscow and I flew over for it. It was a religious funeral. There were people climb trees to see it in the cemetery. They mm -hmm. climbed in trees so they could get a view. A thousand people were there. It was unbelievable. He was laid out in the Central Army rink with a band marching, playing funeral music, flowers everywhere. Thousands of people came. And this was a, an amazing human being. Amazing. And here I am. And, and you know, <laughs> a guy from Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> no foreigner was there. Interesting. It bothered me. Why wouldn't there be representatives? How far is Prague or Helsinki or Stockholm? Or even if it wasn't uh, Americans and Canadians, but why wouldn't there be Europe? To me, that was a sign of disrespect. And people say, you get along so well with, with Soviets and then Russians. What's the, how, why? I, say, I treat them with respect. I treat all people with respect. People want respect and dignity. I get along with every community in America. I care about every one of them, but I don't pander and I don't do anything stupid or phony. I just, I, I'm just respectful. I think that's uh, all you have to do is be, and they know if you're genuine or not. People know. I know if someone's genuine. That's the end of segment two with Lou Varro from USA Hockey here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Stay tuned for segment three. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.